Welcome back to your favorite podcast. You know, but you love it. It's Golden Silver. I'm Molly Golden. I'm Chetty Silverman. And we are back with another huge episode. We've got a lot to talk about today. We've got playoff hockey happening. Let's talk about that. We have the Mets. Um, the Mets, they have injuries, but they're not they're not huge and season threatening. We're gonna talk about why. We also have the basket, we also are talking about basketball for the first time. I would also like to mention I will not be talking during basketball because I don't understand basketball. So that will be all Teddy talking. And we also have some other stuff to throw in there. So stick around, it'll be an amazing episode. <laughs> So let's get into hockey. We have a lot to talk about. The playoffs started. And as you know, I was very excited with the outcome. Waving the towel all day. Oh, he is waving a towel right now, guys. I would just like to say for, because you know you can't see us, but you can hear us and you can hear how annoyed I am. 2016 round one game six, John Tavares. Of course, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, six of the eight series, I believe. I've started with the exception of the North Division because they're still playing regular season games. Thank you, Vancouver. So, um... Don't say thank you, Vancouver. Say thank you, Pandemic. Well, Vancouver contracted it. But the Pandemic was already there. Okay, whatever. But the Canucks suck. If they were a playoff team, that'd be one thing. But they lose every game. The the fans were lucky. They got a one-month hiatus from sucking. Let's take it series by series. We're going to kick it off with the Capitals and the Bruins. This was interesting. The Capitals started out... I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. V, oh, Vitek Vanacek got injured early in the game. You're thinking, okay, Samsonov is on the COVID list. Craig Anderson is coming in. He's almost 40. The Bruins are going to win this game. This is bad for the Capitals. The Capitals find a way to win that game. Craig Anderson has a good performance. Then after that, I would have told you, no way the Bruins are winning this series. They're going to have Samsonov back because he's back off the COVID list soon or immediately, but I was wrong. Craig Anderson played the next game. The Bruins won in overtime. So now they go back to Boston 1-1. And I'm telling you, I this series, it could go either way. Because I agree once- 100%. Because now the Bruins are going to be back in Boston with a Boston fan base. This could change everything. This could literally change everything. Because both teams... The Bruins were incredibly strong. I I saw a cup. I did not watch the game, but I saw many highlights. The Bruins were incredibly strong in Washington, and they're going to be even stronger with a home base in Boston. So this series can go either way because the Capitals they can do the same thing. They can be just as strong in Boston without their fans. Yeah, they stuck with it, and frankly, that was impressive. Now both of these games have gone to overtime in DC. Here is the key. I'm telling you right now, the key to this series is Craig Anderson, unless Samsonov gets back. But I don't know what's going on with that. As of right now, the key to this series is Craig Anderson, and I will tell you why. He is great in the playoffs traditionally, but he is almost 40. The Capitals are a good team, a great team. The Bruins are, as well, a very good team, a great team, you could say. How well he plays depends on how this series is going to go. If he plays well and he's giving up, like, one game a series, the Cap one game one goal a game the capitals are going to win this series because the offense will get behind him you can count on them to score two goals if they need it yeah you can count I, on the capitals offense to put pucks in that i will say i think a bunch of these games are going to go to overtime i agree 100 percent. and here's the thing the first overtime on saturday craig anderson stuck with it he played through, through the ot and then five minutes in they the capitals delivered they scored the game winning goal 
two nights later, like 40 seconds in. Brad Marchand, and was it Marchand? Yeah. Yeah, Brad, Brad Marchand scores immediately 39 yeah. seconds in. So that's how it's going to be. How well are you going to play? You, you need to give the Capitals five minutes to score. You could, it is on you if you, if the game goes to overtime and you give up a goal 39 seconds in, you cannot expect them to score right off the faceoff. So, my question is, which Brad Anderson are we go? Why did I say Brad? Which Craig Anderson are we going to get? The Craig Anderson that held th- through overtime and, l- and let them score five minutes in Saturday night, giving up only one goal in like 50 minutes of play, 5 0? Or are we going to have the Craig Anderson of Monday night who gave up four goals, including an overtime goal 39 seconds in. That is going to be the deciding factor of this series. And I will say also with the fact of like these, all these games going to overtime, like this is the hockey that at least I needed because when you watch Ranger hockey, you can go two ways. You can either have it a fun, intense game, or you can either have the most boring game of your life. And all of these games are crazy. They're intense. They're hype. They're amazing. And they're all going into overtime. This is the hockey that I think I need. This is the hockey I think a lot of hockey fans need. And these teams are delivering the hockey that we need. And I'm just saying thank you to all the teams out there who are putting games in overtime that are making games fun again. Because being a Ranger fan and watching the Rangers lose for the majority of the rest of their season was not fun. And I'm glad it's fun now. Yeah, there's nothing like playoff hockey. If you've ever been to a playoff hockey game in person, it's like the craziest thing. It's like the greatest thing on earth. Granted, the TV, even that, you can feel the environment into your home. But yeah, nothing better. Now there are a few more series we're going to get into. And the next one hits close to home. My New York Islanders. Okay, so Islanders-Penguins. Coming into the series, a lot of Islander fans might feel the same way. You know, you've... You're putting up a confident front. You're like, oh, yeah, we got this. We swept them in 2019. But in the back of your head, you're thinking, they beat us 6-2 in the regular season of all the eight meetings, and we haven't won a single game at the PPG Paints Arena this year. I mean, it's a little worrisome because you're thinking about it, and you're like, oh, are we really going to be able to do this? And then you see this. Varlamov is out for that game. People thought he'd be in, but he wasn't quite ready. So they put in Sorokin. He didn't perform as well as I'd hoped, giving up three goals, but he did make timely saves. However, the most impressive factor for me was the Islanders' offense. They were not always playing well in the game. However, the defense stuck with it. They kept the Islanders in the game for like 30 minutes, more like 20 minutes, excuse me. They were down 2-1, but they didn't give up. This is something I have not seen all season. They're down 2-1, and then the offense, they finally get going, and they can score a goal to tie it up, which was exciting, especially against the Penguins. I I don't know if I was expecting that. Then they stay in it. They keep playing hard. They keep playing good D, and they get another opportunity. Pajot scored the tying goal, and then Brock Nelson scores the go-ahead goal. And yes, that defensive, I don't even know what you want to call it, 39 seconds later or so, giving up a goal to tie the game at three was a shame. And you can blame... Sorokin for it, you can blame the defense for it, you can blame whoever you want for it. But they did not let that screw up their game. There's three minutes to go in the third period, tie game, the home team just scored. Most teams will not be able to win that game. The Islanders' D, however, stuck with it. They kept playing, and then almost as the first overtime was winding down, 16 and a half minutes in, Kyle Palmieri scores a second goal of the day 
to give the Islanders the win. That was a great feeling to watch that goal. He matched his season total of goals on the Islanders in one playoff game. So that's exciting to watch. Now, as for Semyon Varlamov, he might be back this game. If he's back this game, that would be great. If he's not, we're going to figure it out. It's not a big injury, as I've heard, but it's just a great thing to watch because I've never seen the offense play like this this season. What do you think? Um, I personally did not watch the game, but I'm hearing what you're saying. I did see the Kyle Pomeroy goal to end the game. It was a great goal. And um, what's the – and they, um, the Isles and Pens, they play again tonight. They play back – they play at Pittsburgh. I wonder what this game is going to look like because now – because – I'm just going to say this. this. These two teams, they're good. They're both very good. Even though the Isles were fourth, even though we're thinking about the seedings, the seedings don't matter in the East Division. All the teams in the East Division are good. I will say that. they really. When I'm thinking about that, they don't matter at all. They're all really good. So what really is going to matter is who's like who's the best, like who's going to you know play harder. Yeah, exactly. And- you can talk about the Islanders and the Penguins' regular season record, but that clearly does not mean all that much because the Islanders won their first game in that building all season last weekend at in a matinee game. Point being, I think it looks like right now what's holding more true is the 2019 series. Let's be real. This was the first game the Islanders played against the Penguins since the trade deadline. These are different teams, yeah. different situations, and it's the playoffs, so it's automatically going to be a different situation. So if you're looking at the regular season statistics and, oh, well, the Penguins played this way against them and that – I suggest you stop looking at it because it's I, clearly I mean, yeah. because I mean, like I said earlier, the seedings in the East Division they don't matter. They really don't because the Isles have beat the Penguins. The Penguins have beat the Isles. Uh, the Caps have beat the Bruins. The Bruins have beat the Caps. Like they're both teams that are all pretty much on the exact same level. They could be a little different, but for the pretty much, they're all pretty much on the exact same level. Exactly. And so now on to Game Two. Who do you think is going to win? Oh my God, this is the hard part. Okay, so there's a Pittsburgh fan base. So obviously Pittsburgh has the home advantage, but the Islanders, they prove they can be really, the Islanders prove that they can be a good team. So honestly, tonight I have, I honestly have the Penguins going for tonight. Um, I, yeah, I honestly think the Penguins are going to win tonight. Um, No shade to Teddy, but I just think um, Sidney Crosby with the home stadium, I think the Penguins, they're going to be mad after an OT loss and they're going to want to be able to bring their strength back up. They're going to have the strength tonight. They have the home field advantage. They have the strength. They have the anger from the loss and they want to even out the series. So I think that's going to happen tonight. Okay. So I believe the Islanders are going to win tonight and I will tell you why. The Penguins have destroyed the Islanders in the season series. Going into this series, which is always the rule, but especially now, you go home, if you're the road team, you you don't have home ice, you go home for game three, if the series is at least tied, you're good. You did what you have to do, that's a win for you. It's much better to be tied going home for game three than to be tied going on the road for game three. So now the Penguins have lost game one. That was a hard-fought game, but the Islanders came right back and they kept fighting and they managed to score in overtime scored force overtime before scoring to win in overtime. Mm-hmm. And they're just playing well. Even with their backup goalie, they were able to string together some goals, 
make some good saves, play some good defense, despite giving up three goals, which I was not happy about. But they managed to win. And so now the Islanders are playing loose. If they lose this game, that's fine. You're, you're going to Nassau Coliseum 1-1. The Penguins are playing desperate. If you go to Nassau Coliseum for game three and you're down 2 nothing, the series is over. I'm sorry? You're screwed. Yeah, exactly. You are not going to go to Nassau Coliseum in their last season of play and win both games. Your best situation is going back to Pittsburgh down 3-1, which would then mean most likely a loss in game six. So if you are the Pittsburgh Penguins, especially with what happened two years ago with getting swept, you cannot lose tonight. They're going to be playing extremely desperate. They're going to be playing tight. The Islanders are relaxed. They're loose. So honestly, I think it depends on how the Penguins play. If they're angry and they're fighting, I guess they're more likely to win. But I am expecting some desperation. The head coach and the team has lost three straight playoff series. This head coach won his first nine playoff series to win two cups and a first-round series. Then they lost to the Capitals. Fine. What's one loss? Then they got swept by the Islanders. Then they lost in the qualifying round in four games, three to one, to the Montreal Canadiens, who were the 12th seed. I mean, it just gets to a point where it's loss after loss after loss. This team is playing. It's going to play desperate, I believe. And I believe that the Islanders are going to come out loose. And they're going to be able to take the 2-0 lead in the series tonight. I mean, yeah, the Penguins can they the Penguins they can come out playing two ways tonight. They can either play desperate, like you said, or they could play hard, like I said. So it all depends how the Penguins play pretty much tonight. Because if they if they play tight and if they are making like murky mistakes, then the Islanders are going to win tonight. No explanation needed. If they play strong and they play hard, the Penguins are going to win tonight. No explanation explanation needed. Yeah, I mean, I would have to agree with you. They came out strong in game one. It's going to be hard, and I believe, for them to have that same intensity when they know I cannot lose tonight. Not I cannot lose tonight, meaning like in a strong way, like if I lose tonight, I'm screwed. That comes with stress. You're not playing as free, so you're going to have to, so we're going to have to see how they play. Yeah. So wild golden knights. The Golden Knights, you look at it and you're like, they're the better team. They almost won the President's Trophy. That's what I thought. However, I looked at it. The Golden Knights didn't win a game against Minnesota until uh, May. And they're 7-1. and one. The, the Wilds are 7-1 and one against the Golden Knights. Now, mind you, in game one, the Golden Knights came out strong. They outplayed them on offense. Their yeah. goaltending was great. But the Minnesota goaltending, you can't say enough about that. Cam Talbot, 42 saves. 1,000% goal percentage, save percentage, and no, and no disrespect to Marc-Andre Fleury. He had 29 saves and one goal. That is not bad at all, and the offense came out great. When you come out great at home on offense, defense, all sides of the puck, and you lose that game to the road team. Yeah. I mean, it's a – you know, Yeah, it almost feels like the series is over, in my opinion. Minnesota has played them – has outplayed them – at all times during the season, the Golden Knights outplayed them and the Golden Knights played great. They didn't do anything wrong. The crime was that Minnesota was playing so great on defense and finally strung something together. So I see the Wild winning this series. I agree. I mean, yeah, like I, I saw, I caught OT of that game. I saw both hockey on great. I saw both um, great hockey on both ends. 
So I also agree with the Wild taking this series because that was a pretty devastating loss, I feel like, for the Knights. And it's going to be hard after coming back from that because you dominate so well in regulation, offense, defense, goaltending-wise, and then you give up one goal in OT. I feel like that's pretty diminishing. But as we know, one loss in game one does not pretty much mean anything. They can always come back. So I also have the Wild winning the series, but at the same time, it's like Vegas could come back. Exactly. I just think the Wild are going to win this series. Okay, so now... Moving on to the battle for Florida. I mean, first oh, of all, I just like, this is a good one. I just like to say this is great because there's it's like high scoring, so you're like, oh my god, this goaltending is terrible. But then you're in the third period, it's tied, and there's like a minute left, and these people are making all these crazy saves. It's just it's very exciting. I think it's great for the game because it's expanding the game and it's proving that you can have great hockey even in warm climates. Mm-hmm. But so now we're gonna delve right into this. Going into this series, everyone is picking the Lightning, and I was like, what about the Panthers? Look at how I well know. they played against them. I agree. And they have I, home I, ice. Don't doubt the – like, so many people um, I know are just like, the Lightning's going to win it again. I'm like, have you seen how well the Panthers have been playing this season? Because they are good this season. Yeah, and I was – that's how – that's what I was thinking. I was like, they're playing really well. The, they, they have home ice. They just won two games against you. And then I remembered something. Something that I had forgotten about. There was somebody who was injured all season, and then he's coming in in game one of the playoffs. You may have heard of him. He goes by the name of Nikita Kucherov. Oh, yeah, that guy. That was crazy. If if you had forgotten about that, you remembered immediately. First guy in history to score multiple goals when returning, having not played a game all season, and -hmm. playing in game one of the playoffs on the road. He scores two goals, gets an assist. I mean... What more can you say? That is the difference maker. And that is why I believe that Tampa Bay will win this first round. I don't know if they're good enough to beat Carolina. Yes. Not sleep on Nikita Kucherov. And mm-hmm. shout out to Braden Point. Two goals in the third period yeah. to tie and win the game. Braden so. Point, I will say. Braden Point, I don't know why people are sleeping on him. He, like, he, he got the game winner in the 7 OT game back last year. He got the game. I think, did he get the game winner for the past game yeah he's good at make he's good at making sudden decisions I feel I feel like Braden Point is a good player he's good at making sudden goal decisions and most of the time they do work in his favor yes now moving on to two final series the Carolina Hurricanes against the Nashville Predators Ca- the Carolina Hurricanes, Hurricanes win this one. <laughs> the Hurricanes are winning Hurricanes against Predators enough said Hurricanes are going to win this series possibly even sweep them they beat them by three goals in Carolina the crowd was going crazy First time at 12,000, it more than doubled. So just an exciting atmosphere and, mm-hmm. quite frankly, fun to see that because I haven't seen that since 2019. Granted, it wasn't so fun for the Islanders because they swept them. Not, not going to talk about that. Now, moving on to the Avalanche versus the Blues. I know what you're thinking. The Avalanche won the President's Trophy. 23% win the Stanley Cup. 17% get out in the first round. This is not one of those 17%. They're going to be in that 83%. They, they won this game by three goals. They were up one nothing. then the Blues tied it, and they scored three consecutive goals, mm-hmm. all in the third period. So this is, this is a win for the Avalanche. I don't think they're going to win the Cup. I think they're going to get eliminated either in the next round or in the semifinals. Yeah, because but they're not losing in this round. The thing is that if you – the eventually the Avalanche is going to have to play 
I don't actually know. Do they are they gonna have to play the Hurricanes at one point? They eventually will, of course, because yeah, they're gonna eventually. You're the Abs is gonna are going to eventually have to play the Canes, and if the they, Canes are going to beat the Avalanche. I'm sorry to all my Avalanche fans out there. The Canes are going to beat your asses. That's yeah, that's what I think. I mean, the Canes if they play in the semifinals, actually no, they wouldn't play until the Stanley Cup finals if they were gonna play because they're the they're like two top seeds. So I actually don't think that matchup is gonna happen. Sorry to you, to all you hockey fans but I do think maybe the Wilds will be able to beat him in the next round maybe they'll lose to a Canadian team maybe the Oilers I don't see the Maple Leafs making it because well they're the Maple Leafs they lose every round but very exciting let's just end it out with two picks for the Canadian series oh yeah so let's start with um the original sixth battle I picked the Canadians hmm that's a tricky one because I feel like I don't know. I'm gonna. I I'm not gonna make a choice on that one, even though I'm probably should. I mean, I'm leaning towards the Leafs. I'm gonna be honest because I know people are gonna hate me for this, but like Austin Matthews is a great player, and when he gets on a when he gets on a hot streak, he's gonna kill it. So why do do are could the Leafs win? Maybe could the Canadians win? Most likely, but I'm gonna pick the Leafs just to start. Okay. I'm going to pick the Canadians, and I'm going to tell you why. The Leafs have not won a single Stanley Cup in my father's lifetime. The Canadi- the Leafs have not won a single first-round series in my lifetime. I do not see this happening. They're going to find a way to blow it. You can look at the regular season, whatever, whatever, whatever. They're going to lose, I think, because, well, they're the Maple Leafs. I don't see a reason this year for a change. They're this good every year. The difference is they just played the Canadian teams this year. Mm-hmm. That's in my opinion. Then we have the Oilers and the Jets. The Oilers. I, yeah, I got to go with the Oilers. Oilers. <laughs> no Leon Drysdale, Connor McDavid. Goodbye. That's that's all you need. Just literally just say Connor McDavid. That's literally exactly. all you need. Winnipeg was in the top all season long. No, the top, I mean, I mean the second spot. Then the Oilers just came from third and they jumped right up. I looked at the state at the standings a few days ago. The Oilers are like 11 points up. That was a very impressive end of the season. Forgive me, nine points up. That was a very impressive end of the season. And you got to give props to the Oilers. I see them making it out of that whole Canadian division. But we're going to have to see what happens. Yeah. All right, let's roll it into baseball. So, if you're a Mets fan, you're probably thinking, holy crap, look at that injury list. Uh, it's getting pretty lengthy. Calm down. Calm down. Yes. Calm down. Calm down. I know it seems scary. I know. I'm a little scared right now, too. But at the same time, they are all very minor injuries. They're not out for the season. They're out for a couple weeks. Their priority for them is to, for them to get healthy, for them to heal, and then they will come back in a couple weeks, and they will be back and playing well yes the Mets need to be careful with this though because it keeps piling on if if I knew nobody else really important is going to get an injury I'd be fine but it just feels like it's a cycle mm-hmm. Kevin Pillar, like a very durable player got hit in the face last night he's going to be out for a little bit and so this is the thing none of them are major injuries the biggest injuries the people are on their way back like the 60-day IL people are towards their recovery. Carlos Carrasco, 
Noah Syndergaard, they're on the raid back in the right direction. Yeah. What's important is that the Mets training staff and the Mets coaching staff are smart about this. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. You're in, you're near the end of May and you're atop the NL East division. Last night showed that even without these people, they can still find a way to string together some wins. Shout out to Sean Reed Foley. Second time this year, three perfect innings. Mm-hmm. That was impressive. But what I'm saying is they need to be cautious because as of right now, it's not too bad. But if you bring these people back, it could like get a, worse. Yeah, exactly. A pulled hamstring could possibly turn into like a torn ACL. I don't know. But the point is, you don't want it to like aggravate it and re-injure it. Be yeah. careful. Wait till they're fully healed. There is no rush. I agree. There is no rush right now. It is May. Calm down. Get Let your players heal. Get them get 100% healthy. They will come back for the summer. And you have the entire summer. New York Mets the entire summer they need your players need to heal 100% then you can go and kill it don't force them to come back let them heal yeah that's precisely how I feel this is a challenging situation you see all these batters on the IL but what I find more important is the pitching staff the Mets have one of the best if not the best starting rotation in Major League Baseball when healthy this is the projected starting rotation if everyone is healthy, you have Jacob DeGrom, Marcus Stroman, Taiwan Walker, Noah Syndergaard, Carlos Carrasco. All these people can play well and have, like, ERAs around to, I mean, DeGrom, of course. He's a superhero, so he has, like, 0. .6. Yeah. But the point is, Stroman and Walker so far this year have, like, ERAs around two which is very good for, like, second and third men. This could be the best starting rotation in baseball, but we haven't seen it yet this year because you started out with Syndergaard and Carrasco already injured. Yeah. And now DeGrom has, like, some soreness or something. I know. I, I saw want Walker has soreness. I think they're being cautious. I hope they're being cautious. Mm-hmm. They need to make sure they're at full strength I because – I think that's they're really good at right now with their pitching staff is because they know when they're at full strength, they're going to have a – pretty fantabulous pitching staff on their hands so they need to make so yeah. they're being extra cautious especially with Jagram's situation right now to make sure that yes. he's 100 healthy there's no issues happening they need to be cautious but at the same time using it if, use it when they're ready you need to use it you can't just like be waiting around because you're going to injure some people in the bullpen at this point because right now they don't have a starting rotation they have a starting one starting pitcher. They have two people starting, but they have one starting pitcher in Marcus Stroman. He is going to be in the regular rotation when everyone's healthy. You have David Peterson, who's young, but he hasn't been doing that great this year. You have Joey Lucchese, who in 2018 and 19 was great in San Diego, but then in 2020, he kind of fell off. And now he's not doing too well, as you have seen. He had one promising start when they used an opener. He pitched three and a third good innings, but then he went to Tampa and he pitched a good inning, but then he pitched a bunch of bad innings. So the pitching rotation is in a bad place right now, but this is nothing permanent. They just need to get these people back to full strength. If you yeah. lose a few games now, that's fine. It's May. Calm down. They just need to stay afloat, yeah. frankly, with these people. My worry is not that they're not going to have these people back in time because they don't look like big enough injuries. I think they can be back enough in time, but I've seen this movie before with the Mets. I hope 
more people don't get injured because that's going to be awful. If like Jonathan VR gets injured tonight, I, uh, they need to get these people back. They need to be healthy. That is when the Mets are good when they're healthy. Yeah. Okay. Now on to basketball. I know some of you guys are very excited to listen to this because we're getting into the NBA play-in tournament. Of course, the players hate it, like LeBron. But it makes money, so the league loves it. And these matchups, the fans have to love. So let's start in the Eastern Conference. We have Wizards Celtics and Hornets Pacers. So I think the Wizards are going to be the seventh seed out of this because – Yes, they're the eight seed right now, but a few months ago, they were the worst team in the league. They managed to climb their way up. Definitely had to do with Russell Westbrook, but they managed to climb their way up. They're playing good basketball. I see them going to the Garden and winning. When I say the Garden, I mean TD Garden because they're playing the Celtics. Sorry for the confusion. So I see them winning at TD Garden at 9 p.m. tonight. I also see the Hornets winning. They've fallen off a little bit, yes. But I think they have a lot of potential. If LaMelo Ball plays well, I think they will be able to win this game. And so then we get to the spot for the eighth seed. It's Celtics-Hornets. Sorry, Charlotte. I think Boston's going to win this game. I just think they're more talented right now and they're more experienced. So I think that's what's going to be the case. Watch out for the Washington Wizards. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Nets or the Sixers, but I think they could. They've been playing great basketball. They're one of the more dangerous teams in this whole play-in tournament. I think they're the second most dangerous play-in team. Actually, third. The the other two I'll get into on the other side. Now let's talk about the Western Conference. You have Spurs-Grizzlies. Sorry, San Antonio. Season's over. Memphis is going to win that game. So then we have what everybody will be tuning in to watch, even though it's at 10 p.m. Lakers-Warriors. You have the Warriors with the whole Steph Curry story, playing great, getting them into that eighth spot. Now the Lakers, they've really fallen off. They're your defending champs, and look at how far they've fallen off. It's not just because they're not playing well, though. It's injuries. So I see the Warriors losing to the Lakers and beating the Grizzlies. They're going to be the eighth seed. Now, the Lakers. I think they're going to win this game. They have everybody back now. Um, So, the question is chemistry. Are LeBron and Davis going to be playing at full strength? Because if they are, I'm not only saying that the Lakers are going to win this game against the Warriors. I would argue that they're going to beat the Suns. Because I feel bad for the Suns. They earned the right to play a seven seed. But they're not getting that right. Because the Lakers are not a seven seed. They're the defending champions who had a bunch of people injured last season and now have to get their way back from a seven seed. But this feels more of like a 1v2 matchup or a 2v2 matchup than a 7v2 matchup. So, honestly, if LeBron and Davis are playing full strength, playing well, they're going to win the first round at least, I'm saying. However, it, it, it is a little risky because of the Lakers – if LeBron and Davis get like injured or something and then the injuries start to pile up again in this game, I could see them missing the playoffs, quite frankly, at that point. 
not that they will. I do think that they will be able to play well. But that is a possibility. Now, I'm going to say the Warriors are the second most dangerous team. But the Lakers are the most dangerous team. I see the Lakers definitely having the possibility to win the first round, maybe even go further, because I don't feel like they're a seven seed. I feel like they're a team that wasn't the same team. They're a different team now. Yeah, the Warriors are playing well, but the Lakers are a different team now than they were this season. Thank you for watching this week's episode of Gold and Silver. We had a blast filming this episode, and we hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. I'm Molly. I'm Teddy. And we'll see you guys back next week. Bye, guys. Islanders hoisting the cup.